DJ and PK, it is time to welcome in David Locke for his weekly visit. David is on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is already underway. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. And David Locke's weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. David James, what a pleasure yep. to talk to you this morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Gosh, it's just a great thing on a, every Friday to know that I have a lifelong friend. Well, not lifelong. Majority of my lifelong to friend to talk to. It just makes me happy. We have known each other for a little more than a quarter of a century. We're getting old. But PK is frozen in time. Have you done the um, – I'm sure you've done this. Have you done the whole game where you realize you suddenly lived more years in Utah than any other location? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. Did that a while ago. <laughs> like I, ju- I think I just crossed over because I had the – I left, right? So I just – I have 18 years in the Bay Area, four years in L.A., and then I have like eight years in um, – Seattle or whatever it was, and I have 19 here. So I've crossed over. I'm a Utahan. Later, later on, I'll do the math and try to figure out how old you are. All right, David, let's get I'm right fi- to the... I'm 51 and completely comfortable. No, I'm not, actually. That would be a okay, lie. Good. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's, let's get right to it. The preseason is in the books. What do you know now that you didn't know when the preseason started? What would you learn over four games and uh, traveling to Texas? I actually think the most important thing is the state of the veterans. I know we want to talk about Jared Butler, and you're going to want to take me there, and everyone's going to want to talk about the young kids. But to me, the most important thing is the state of the veterans. And what I mean by that is that you have – I think you had a chance that guys could have been in a not great place. And two playoff – I don't know what you want to call them – you know, collapses, failures, you know, free fall, whatever. Those weren't good, right? You're up on the Nuggets, you're up on the Clippers, and you lose both series in pretty, pretty, you know, scary ways. And and so I thought there was a real chance you could have some internal scars you had to free up. And if they did, I didn't feel them on content day when we met with the guys, and I certainly didn't see it all on the floor. In fact, I saw the opposite. I saw in the preseason – Jordan Clarkson and Donovan Mitchell particularly making an incredible effort to guard the ball. And those could have been the same efforts. You know, that, again, same thing. Very easily could have been, you know what, Fred, I got it. We got to contain the ball. I'll do it in the regular season. Um, I saw Clarkson pushing the tempo at a much accelerated rate. And then even hearing him say, well, I want Jared Butler to see what they were doing. So I, I thought, and I think the, the training camp, period's been managed very well by the coaching staff. The first part was really a come back together, get together, almost recreate the bubble and address this issue of like, where are we mentally as a group? And then part two was let's go play and now let's get ready for the regular season. So I really think that from the coaching staff did a wonderful job, but I'm really impressed by where the veterans are. And frankly, that's what matters. Like the Jared Butler, Elijah Hughes, all those conversations we can have. Trent Forrest played very well before his concussion. They're cute. But the reality is the, the nine guys are going to play all the time are the ones that matter. Not that it matters that much, but how did they come up with a – 
preseason schedule where some teams played five and six games and other teams played maybe only three or four? Patrick Kinahan. Yes. I might be for the first time ever in my life disappointed. First time. I mean, really very first time. But not the last time. No, probably. I mean, knowing the track record, it's been like 20 years and taken one. So, yeah, maybe the last time, probably. I mean, chips are one of them. Like, you know. Um, I just was curious about this. What do you think the answer is? You know. I don't know. No, I have no idea. Jerry McGuire! (laughs) I'm a Sun Devil then. I went to Arizona State. Show me the money! (laughs) Show me the money! Is it as simple as there's a maximum number of games they're allowed to play and some teams are like, our guys need time off. It was a short off season. We had Olympians. We had a long playoff run. The playoffs fell later. Let's Show me the money! <laughs> Thank you. Ouch. <laughs> what the Lakers do? Didn't they play like 11 preseason games? I think they went six and they lost every single one of them. Um, you know why? Because every time they put one of those on television and one of them, every time they travel somewhere to play... How many of them were home games? I don't know. I bet you four or five were home games. Uh, you well, talk, I'll find out. Three. <laughs> they looked. Uh, they they was three up? home. Three. They're they're five games back in a preseason. If that means anything, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> to, to the Sacramento Kings, too. I mean, tells you a little bit of what preseason matters. Yes. Did Russell ever get his assists over his throws? Uh, he had a crappy preseason. He he didn't make all league preseason. That's for sure. He didn't make all league anything last year. No, well, he continued in the preseason. Okay. He shot last year the number that no one's talking about on Russell Westbrook. I think he shot. I don't. I, you have to look it up on Basketball Reference, and I don't have that from here now. I, I he shot something like sixteen percent of his shots at the rim, down from twenty eight or twenty nine percent the year before. Like if, we'll see, but that there's three numbers that I always look at for aging on guards. Percentage of shots at the rim. Percentage of dunks, like for mid-level players. And then your steal or your block rate as a player. Those are the, those are the numbers you look to, at least in my mind, that says athleticism is going away. You got a guy with multiple knee surgeries who goes from 32, 33% of his shots at the rim 17, 18% of a shot to the rim, and I see a big red flag right there. So I'm curious when you look at those numbers, do they change for LeBron? Because the eyeball test tells me he's playing on a perimeter and really picking his spots when to be explosive. When he chooses to be, he still is. But it seems like he's choosing it less. But that's just me watching games no, here right. or there, depending on the Jazz schedule. I mean, my metrics on LeBron's efficiency and my points gained offense metrics I use to judge players has LeBron declining. Okay, like he's 38. No, yeah. whatever, Sherlock. But <laughs> he's, he's declining. Like, he's very, very clearly declining. And does that mean that for a two-month period he can't ramp it up for four out of seven games or probably better ramp it up for, you know, five out of seven? Um, no. And so... I've said this about the Lakers the whole time. The way their roster is constructed, their lack of efficiency on offense, how they're built, I think they're going to get to the 64th game of the year, be 34-30, and and all of a sudden have to play hard 
for the final 20 games of the season to avoid the play-in game. And the question to me is going to be, do they fatigue out or have injuries because they have to push early? But there's, uh, uh, that, that team, and then, the, and then you just get into a playoff question of whether AD and LeBron are so great they can win playoff games. But there's, I may turn out to be wildly wrong here. There's nothing about that team in any of my metrics that clicks into me for the pre, for a regular season. I have them as the ninth best offensive team in the Western Conference. I have them as a 44-win offensive team this year, and that's only if AD has a good year. And he had a bad year last year. All right, with that in mind. The only, the only, I'll add another one. The only way the Lakers have home court in the first round, according to my metrics, is if Anthony Davis is the MVP. So who has home court in the first round then? What are the four teams? Phoenix, Utah, Denver, don't know the fourth. Not Golden State. Golden State and the Lakers on my metrics are not. I don't see it. I don't get it. Um, like the one thing no one's talking about is the clay had started to decline a little bit before his injuries. Now he's going to come back and be a world beater? That just doesn't, the Warriors thing doesn't make any sense to me at all. How they're the number two team in, or number three team in some championship odds, it's just like how, in the West, like the, I don't get it. Uh, Phoenix I have as the one seed. Utah I have as the two seed. Denver I think I have as the three seed. Dallas, Portland, Clippers? I got Dallas, but Jason Kidd's the head coach, so who knows? He is the head I coach. I have the Clippers still being pretty good. And Paul George. Paul George could have an MVP candidate year pretty easily and there's nobody on that as much as everybody's like Kawhi 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 and there's a and the same thing with Jamal Murray the question is the burden and the fatigue because in the isolated moments Michael Porter Jr. taking Jamal Murray's shots Denver just got better offensively and the question is whether P.J. Dozier and any of their fringe players can actually improve enough to be efficient which they haven't been if they do then Denver's gonna be really good I have Dallas as the number two offense in the Western Conference and so the question is whether Jason Kidd destroys that or not. I just don't know. Um, and then the case in the Clippers, I actually have them as very good because you take Kawhi Leonard's 22 possessions, Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris Sr., Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. None of those guys are complaining they have to have two or three more possessions a game. They're, and they were all efficient last year. So I think they'll be fine. The question is just going to be the burden on Jokic, the burden on Paul George, and losing that second primary guy in an 82-game schedule and how much that wears them out and, you know, how many games Paul George plays. DJ, PK, and David Locke join us here, his weekly visit. And, David, I am curious. You talk about the numbers on Russell Westbrook, the finishing at the rim, the stuff you look at in aging guards. What do those numbers tell you about Mike Conley and Joe Ingles and the older guys the Jazz are counting on? So Mike Conley already had his decline. And, fit, and I think that is a little bit of what his struggle was in year one with us. Some of it was understanding Rudy and how to play pick and roll, and two was figuring out how to play as a 33-year-old player. You can figure it out, right? Doesn't mean It just means your game has changed. You've aged. But Mike Conley's rim finishing, I don't know if you want to go to basketball reference and find it, Mike Conley's rim finishing took a serious dive the year before he came to us. And so um, there, that aging process on Mike Conley happened. And then last year, he had a career year from three, one of the better years from three, improved his off-the-bounce three-point shooting and changed his game, I think increased his amount of three-point takes from about 38% of the shots to about 47, 
somewhere in that range. So he evolved as a player, and that's why, you know, you don't see him getting to the rim. You see him taking that floater and playing that game, and it's why it was so – he and Rudy struggled so much in that first year trying to figure out where Mike was getting that shot, how he was getting his shots, because Mike didn't have the burst to get to the rim like he used to. Joe Ingles, I actually have to look. I know a year ago there were no signs. The really interesting one on Ingles was there had yet to be any statistical sign of him of showing those signs, and then he had a career year, um, which was really interesting because it should have shown up. I can't imagine that it shows up now considering the fact that he had such an unbelievable year last year. I mean, he was really, really great last year. I don't I, – I, you know, if you ask me my biggest concern for the Jazz this year, it's how great Joe Ingles was last year, and he could come back to his career norm, which is really, really good. And it would be a significant step back for us because of how great he really was last year. Any indication that that would happen, or you feel confident he'll continue? No, I would think not. I mean, this is like the switch from going from 45% three-point shots at eight or nine attempts to 39%, which are 40%, which I, I, I suspect they'll be numerically, like no emotion, not like talking about Joe, the, like just like, Totally ignoring this as a human being and completely looking at numbers. I project Joe to shoot 39% from three this year. Still on his, being able to get his eight or nine attempts that he got last year, which is the number coming back down a little bit more in career. Usually, I think he's a 40 or 41% three-point shooter who is averaging five or six. Most players, when they go from five or six threes to eight, drop one or two percentage points because they're, you know, we saw with Buddy Heald in Sacramento. It's a good example. We've seen it with Bradley Beal in, in Washington. Usually when they suddenly increase that usage rate, you now suddenly drop. You have that drop in efficiency. Joe did the exact opposite, which is unheard of. That's why I'm talking about how incredibly great his season was last year. I think he went from, and again, you have to check my numbers because I'm not great on always remembering these things perfectly, but conceptually he went from five or six threes a game to seven or eight, and he went from a career 40% three-point shooter to 45. That's unheard of. That was an, That's, you know – that's six man of the year, all like really all star caliber year last year by Joe Ingles. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone. You follow the Pac twelve, David. Is there anything you would like to enlighten us upon before you dive headlong into the NBA? Can you help Ute fans at all with this Arizona State game? Um, isn't Arizona State really good? That quarterback's really really good, right? Yep. I mean, like, he kicked the crap out of Stanford last week, so he sure looked good against us. I, I'll tell you what, I give Utah a lot of credit. They did something truly remarkable. They wore a uniform that looked awfully close to Stanford and still were able to play defense at USC. I have never in my life ever seen a team in a uniform that looked like that play any defense at USC in my life. All right. Not entirely true. We've won some big games there, but. Last thing. We, I told PK this in the did last the segment. State, wait, we, did the Washington State coach quit yet or get fired yet? Nope. No. Oh, okay. We I'm are, uh, I'm live at Marley's here, and I've got a very random jazz jersey. Clearly, it came from, uh, it didn't move in a clearance sale. The players now moved on. Can you imagine what former player's jersey is here? If anyone wants to stop by and pick up a jersey at Marley, 1600 North in Linden, broadcasting live till 10 a.m., bottomless French I, toast, bottomless pancakes. Oh, bottomless French toast? We are talking. Yep. Linden, here I come. 
right. So <laughs> former jazz player. Yep. Has moved. Has moved on. Yep. Rand. So would he, when this player was a jazz player, would the jersey have been random even then? Oh, it would have been a little bit of an outlier. Yeah. Okay. Is the player still on a roster? Yes. Have we seen the player in person in the last week? <laughs> oh, come on. You don't get that kind of quiz. Yeah, I'm it's not giving like you that. One of those game shows, man. <laughs> Is the player still active? Yes. Former Jazz player and would have been random. Yes. But, what, uh, but the jersey was sold in the team store. Yes. So random to me would be Tony Bradley. No. Then my other choice would be Grayson Allen. Boom, winner. There it is. You nailed it. <laughs> I got it the first time, but you wouldn't answer the question. <laughs> That's why I wouldn't answer the question. I didn't, I didn't want you, you to get no it. Why have we been friends this long? You're no fun at all. I was fun. You're having a good time. You're lying right now. Why are we friends? You lie to me. Because uh, we hung out at the hog wallet 25 years ago. When life was <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Hey, Patrick Kinahan. Yeah. You didn't disappoint me that much. Okay. Phew. Woo. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you could go on with your day without worry. I, you know, I'd hate to have been a burden on your weekend. and I, I thought there was a chance at, like, some real sorrow. Uh, and by the way, how, um, what? At, so if you leave at 10.01 on your drive to play golf in southern Utah this weekend, what time do you arrive? Uh, are cops out? Is it a busy weekend? <laughs> it's probably Friday. Uh, there's some small towns trying to make some money this weekend, I bet. Oh, yeah, uh, right? <laughs> I got my first par by 2.30. All right. <laughs> I, 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 could, I, I might get my first par by tomorrow. <laughs> well, if all, if all goes well. All right. You're a good man, PK. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right, there's David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Coming up next, we are going to talk Arizona State football with Jordan Simone, Arizona State football radio analyst. We are going to give away tickets to see the Utes and the Sun Devils play, and we will do that in the next segment. So if you've got a little free time tomorrow night, uh, 8 o'clock, you'd like to go to the game, make sure you stick around for the next segment. DJ and PK, we are broadcasting live. Marley's Gourmet Sliders in Linden, just off I-15. It's a 1600 North exit. You go west, you'll be there in about 22 seconds. It is close. And if you need to get through and get your food and get on the way real quick, call in your order. You can pick it up at the drive-thru window, or you could order at the drive-thru window, old school style. They got bottomless pancakes. They got bottomless French toast. They got breakfast sliders, ham, bacon, sausage. Maybe you want to try the pastrami with the egg and the cheese. Also, if you're coming by lunch or dinner, a wide range of sliders, and they're all fantastic. I'm all about the fajita because I like the tri-tip, but you can try the killer. You can try the Lexi. They got a ton of options. And remember with the burgers, they buy pasture-raised, grass-fed, high-quality local beef. 
no hormones, no antibiotics to speed up growth. They are old school. And make sure you check out the shoestring fries while you're here. Marley's in Linden, off I-15, the 1600 North exit, just west. They're in Timpanogos Harley-Davidson on the west end of the building. They got the drive through window going, and they're open tonight until 9 p.m. DJ and PK here at Marley's, and we're giving away ASU Utah tickets next. Stay with us. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a big Pac-12 showdown against Arizona State as the Utes hope to keep their dreams of a Pac-12 title alive. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We promise tickets at 8.30. Utah, Arizona State, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. You could watch on ESPN, or you could go to the game if you're caller number 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Jake Hatch is standing by, ready to give caller number 12 the tickets. 855-340-ZONE. All right. Time to bring in Jordan Simone right now. He is Arizona State's Football radio analyst. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that the 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of the Save Now, Pay Later promotion and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check out Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at smartrain.net. Jordan, good morning. Good morning, guys. Happy to be on the show with you. Happy to have you here, and we were hoping you can enlighten us because we do not know what to expect in a game that Vegas is labeled a pick 'em. What do you expect? Yeah. Man, I, you know, anytime there's a, a home pick 'em game, I, I think you, you lean towards the, the team that's visiting. Um, and obviously, I'm, I'm a huge homer for ASU, so take, take everything I say with a grain of salt. But, man, you know what? It's, it's funny when, when you study this game. It's very similar to the 2019 Utah-ASU game, but the personnel is flipped. So Utah in 2019 had a veteran team, you know, Bradley and I, Lecky Fotu, Tyler Huntley. They had um, Zach Moss. They were an experienced team with a good run game. They were, you know, mostly seniors. A lot of guys got drafted. And ASU in 2019 was opposite. They were a young team that was really talented, a young quarterback that had a lot of praise and, and high hopes and, you know, hopefully when these young guys get the experience, they'd be that team. Now flip it in 2021. So ASU's the experienced team, and Utah's the young team with talent and a young quarterback that's got a lot of, you know, hope, and, and the, the university feels really good about it. So, man, it's, it's going to be a really fun game to watch, but it's amazing how these things flip. And, you know, obviously Utah's playing a lot of talented freshmen that are making plays, but I've always heard that the amount of freshmen you play are the amount of games that you're going to lose. And so it's like, you know, if you're playing four freshmen, you're probably going to lose four games that year because of those inexperienced mistakes. 
Jordan, I think I might be the only one in the state of Utah who knows your career record as the color analyst is one and zero when you moved in for Rand Force <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Yep, that is that is accurate, man. This is going to be my. Uh, I'm actually calling this game too, um, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be a be a color analyst. So I don't know if that if that makes you a little bit more scared, but man, I'm looking to go two and zero. Yeah, I know that because I listen to the uh, Arizona sports. I'm a Phoenix guy. I went to ASU myself, so I got that. <laughs> oh no way! There. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. We we had uh, we had you and Berkovici when we were down at Pac-12 Media. Uh, your I guess your senior years. We always broadcast down there, and I can remember you guys. I think yeah, it was both you guys who came yeah. on. Yeah, that that was that a, a great weekend, man. We had a blast and meeting all you guys. Yeah. And and it's funny now, you know, being in the broadcasting world, it's. Um, it's, you just look at it, you know, obviously from a different point of view, but it's such a fun career, and I can see why all you guys love it so much. For sure. Yeah, as, as I look at this Arizona State team, uh, the, the, the pass game has progressed this season, and uh, the run game with uh, Trianum back is pretty good. Defense has been probably about uh, as good as we expected with the back seven guys. Uh, the the thing that I think that has surprised me the most is in the interior. And the Devils, historically, have always had some pretty good skill guys. But up front has been uh, somewhat questionable. But the offensive line, to me, has really come together probably better than I expected. And the defensive line, when they had Lole go out with an injury, I thought that they were in trouble. And I think with guys like Tyler Johnson and some others, they've played better than expected. So I think the big story so far after six games halfway through the season is the line play on both sides. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when, when Herm Edwards uh, took the ASU job, that was his main, that was his main goal was, was let's get bigger and stronger on the front because you look at teams in the SEC or, you know, even the, the Big Ten, they've all got huge offense and defensive linemen, big guys. And so Herm, that was his first goal was, hey, let's go, let's go recruit only big guys at offensive line. And they did that for, you know, three or four years. And now you're, you're sitting here and you got to, a veteran offensive line, you know, with, with, you know, a couple transfers that came in, but guys that, that play well together and they're well coached, you know, and so defensive line, you know, they have standards for who they're going to recruit at DN. It can't be anybody below six, four at, you know, at uh, at D tackle can't be anybody below six, three, two eighty. So they have these measurables that they go for when they recruit. And that's turned into what you see now is this uh, defensive line unit. That's, that's, you know, done a good job of getting after the passer and, Tyler Johnson won a couple of awards last week in the, not only the Pac-12, but nationally. So they've got the guys, they've got the skill and experience. It's now it's just, you know, rubber meet the road and, and you got to go make plays. So then at tight end, they don't want anybody below six, seven. <laughs> you know, you, you would think, but I, I think they're, they're a little bit loose there. I, I, I don't think they'd be mad with somebody who's six, four or six, six. <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up because Curtis Hodges at six, eight, and I know Gronk's an Arizona guy, but I mean, he's a beast averaging over 21 yards per catch. That's a massive number for anyone, let alone a tight end. Yeah. And it's probably even more. He's had three or four long passes called back, you know, a couple against BYU, a couple um, uh, two weeks ago. So he, he's had even longer passes that got called back and touchdowns. And he's been a guy that I've been really impressed with. He stepped up big for ASU. They needed a, a pass-catching tight end. And our offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, 
comes from a you know very traditional offensive style where they want to use tight ends in the pass game and blocking, and he's done a good job of blocking as well, which you you know you got to do behind a, a run game with with you know two really talented running backs. Do you know the status of Fields and Lucas in the defensive backfield? Because I know that they got hurt, and that could be a blow. Yeah, I think they're hopeful that they're going to come back. You know, I've heard that they've been practicing lightly. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know the extent of their injuries, but I, I do know that they're trying to get those guys back, you know, as, as best they can. Obviously, they're two, two major pieces of that, that secondary. And if they're not playing, then it's, uh, it's going to be trouble. But the good thing about this ASU team is that they've developed this next-man-up mentality. And, and I, I don't just say that. They have depth. They have depth when they lost Jermaine Lole. They have, you know, guys that can step in and Shannon Foreman that's played there for two, three years as well, DJ Davidson. You know, they, they've got the, the ability to rotate guys in, and it's the same with the secondary. Evan Fields didn't play against UCLA, and Kewan Markham steps in and, and plays a hell of a game and, you know, didn't let any deep balls up and didn't make any, you know, um, crucial errors. So they've got the guys to be able to step in and, and you know, fill if these senior guys get hurt, and I think that's the mark of a, of a really good team, a championship-caliber team. So next man up sounds good, and every coach uh, says it, but is it really next man up if Jaden Daniels goes down? And I look at his 55 rushing attempts and think, man, is he getting hit a lot, or does he get out of bounds? Obviously, he scored against Stanford. Uh, does he get out so, of bounds? Is he scrambling so on his own? Are up, they designing this? Next man up mentality does not apply to Jaden Daniels. Let me make that very clear. No. We cannot have Jaden Daniels go down to if it's a significant drop off, and that's no disrespect to his backup. It's it's the amount of respect I have for Jaden Daniels, but he does such a good job of getting down and not taking contact of of, of not taking too many hits. If you watch uh, if you watch Dylan Dorian Thompson Robinson from UCLA, he takes a lot of bad hits, and he hurt his shoulder against Stanford a couple weeks ago. You know, so he he wasn't running as smart. Whereas Jaden, since he's a freshman, he's always had this unique ability to to get down when there's about to be contact. Know when the journey's over is what Herm Edwards likes to say. Um, and so he does a great job of doing that, getting out of bounds, you know, taking, taking what the defense gives him. And so a lot of those runs are scrambles, especially in the beginning of the year, because he didn't look comfortable sitting in the pocket. But as the games have, have come and gone, he's gotten more comfortable sitting in the pocket, trusting his offensive line, because I'm sure when he watches on film, he's going, man, I'm breaking down the pocket and I don't even need to. So he does a great job. He's, 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 always been wise beyond his years in that aspect of the game. The Devils had a fourth and one inside the red zone the other night against Stanford. They go for it. They don't get it. They later had like a 30-yard field goal, and Zendejas pushes it. He was their kicker. Then he wasn't their kicker. Now he is their kicker. Kickers have left. Punters have left. Uh, How much concern is there as far as special teams go in scoring points for the Sun Devils? Man, special teams has been a big issue for them. Um, I think they first, they played their best game on special teams probably last week, and I mean that in just they didn't turn the football. Uh, you know, they didn't have a bad penalty or turn the football over. Um, so definitely a better game. And their special teams coach Sean Schlocum comes from the NFL. He was actually my special teams coach when I was at ASU. He's an awesome coach. He's a great guy, and I know he'll get those guys right. As far as the guys that are have left and come back to Dejas, you know, put his name into the NFL and then found out that he wasn't going to be, you know, drafted or picked up. And so now there's that new rule where you can come back to school. So, or I, I believe that's what happened. Don't quote me on it. Um, and then our punter left because he didn't want to get the vaccine. 
Um, and, you know, they were not making it mandatory, but mandatory here at Arizona State. So he, he didn't want to get the vaccine, and, and so he chose to transfer to Oklahoma. And um, So, yeah, we, we wish him the best. He was a stud. But our new punter is, uh, is, is solid as well. I mean, he's, he's money, you know, dropping the ball inside the 10-yard line. So we got a, we got a good group, and they, they've gotten better, you know, every game. So as long as you're talking special teams, you'd fans flinch a little bit because they gave up two kickoff returns for touchdowns in consecutive weeks. Kyle Whittingham commented how ridiculous that was. And they have tightened up the act. So maybe the problem is fixed, but how good is a kick return game? Well, DJ Taylor is a guy that in the beginning of the year, you would talk about potentially being, you know, an All-American punt returner and kick returner. But he made two crucial mistakes, um, one against UCLA and there was another one in the game, but... But sometimes, you know, when you when you get that swag about you and that confidence, you try to do too much, and that's that's exactly what he did. He tried to, you know, catch the ball off a of bounce, and it hit him, and it went right into the UCLA guy's hand with three seconds left in the first half, and they kicked the field goal. And, you know, so it's it's stuff like that that our coaches are just like, man, we can't have that. That's unacceptable. Um, and, and so DJ Taylor is a guy that I imagine they'll, they'll put back there this week and give another chance, especially because of, you know, the tape of – you know, letting a couple uh, punt returns. So, uh, you know, I'd imagine DJ Taylor is a, is a guy that you guys will you'll see his name this weekend. Jordan, no matter what happens going forward from one devil to another, 70, 70 to 7, brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I, I'm waiting for that, uh, that performance here, that, that four-quarter game again from ASU. I don't know if it'll be this weekend, but I'm looking forward to an, an, an amazing game. And I always love playing at Rice-Eccles Stadium, man. There's, there's always something – cool about that culture and 66 games in a row you guys have sold out there um so you guys have the the amazing fan base and i was impressed with byu too i know that utah guys don't like to hear that but um but uh it's going to be a great game i'm looking forward to it thanks for having me on guys thanks for coming on jordan we appreciate it we know you got to make the charter so hit the road thanks a lot he didn't want to pile on the wildcats there pk i can't imagine he didn't know the score 77 but he didn't pile on as fully got a giggle out of him I was ready for some piling on. I was ready to no, throw the flag. That, that, see, he's focused. He's yeah, a that's what it is. recent okay. ex-player, so he's still got the entire player mentality because it's not that long ago that he played. And so his focus is on. He understands the magnitude of this game. This is a fun game. This is what you play for, all that cliche crap here. It's right before you. And it's gonna. I, I believe it's going to be exciting. A bunch of twists and turns. I don't know who's going to come out ahead. I'm happy. I'm all, I'm okay with either team uh, uh, winning. If the Devils win, great for me. If the Utes win, great for us. And so uh, you go. That's my my take on it, and see what happens there. But yeah, I think he's he's viewing it as a, from an analytical thing, and you can't be rattled, man. We're you know the game is tomorrow, so. You, you got to. You're, you're you're all in right now. I think that's where he's coming from. <laughs> oh man, he can't be. Only you can think about last December. He's not doing it. <laughs> oh yeah. And in, one in, thing. In, what difference does it make to me? And one thing on Jordan, I was talking to him, getting him set up to join us yesterday. He's actually filled in for Jeff Van Raphorst, who's normally the analyst, and he's this will be his second game actually sitting alongside Tim Healy up in the booth. He's been the sideline reporter most of the time he's been doing it. He has, yeah. He did a game a couple weeks ago. I think uh, Van Raphorst's daughter was getting married. Correct. I think the story was. 
And Jeff, they call him Rapper. He yep, is the rapper. only Sun Devil quarterback who can claim he has a Rose Bowl victory. He, in fact, was the quarterback of the Sun Devils, kid out of San Diego in 1987. So that's his big claim to fame. But some Simone is a transfer from yeah. Washington State, and uh, he's a very popular guy there. Worked his way up from nothing to be a starting safety, and now he's doing the radio for the Devils. DJ PK Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental at Stonehaven Dental. They say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. All right, PK, we got an update on the Grace and Allen jersey, and you are going to love this. Tell you about it next. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and the zone. It's game week for the Aggies, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. After a bye week, the Aggies look to keep their Mountain West Conference Championship hopes alive as they head south to Las Vegas for a battle against the Rebels of UNLV. Hear all the play-by-play action beginning with the Aggie pregame show Saturday at 4. From Monday morning to all the play-by-play action, nobody brings you better coverage of Aggie football than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This week's Raider game against the Broncos is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. All of the same great features and benefits now with the silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. All right, PK, live here at Marley's. Got a Grayson Allen jersey. Talked about it on the air. Sure enough, guy comes in, Kalen, says he's a Duke fan, says the whole family is Duke fans, to the point he's now got a nephew named Grayson. <laughs> so he's now got the Grayson Allen, Navy, Grayson Allen Navy blue jersey. And because there's no shortage of Grayson Allen jerseys, we now have the gold, a.k.a. yellow, uh, Grayson Allen jersey number four, 24, ready for the next person who comes in. There's yet another Grayson Allen jersey. And if you don't want a Grayson Allen jersey, which I get because I didn't know we'd be discussing this when we got here this morning, there are plenty of Utah Jazz jerseys, orange, blue, gold, the navy. There's a gray here, all sizes, so stop on by. We're wow, Marley's I'm tripping. 1600 North. Yeah. More Grayson Allen jerseys. The tripper. The great big tripper. So now you listen to your guy, Simone. 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 Sorry, Simone. Simone, yes. And you have digested this. We got people, and it's, man, our poll is split almost down the middle. This thing is just as even as it gets. Did he say anything that made you think differently about this game? Well, he has more confidence three. because he's just re, you know, he's recently a player, so he has that full investment that I don't have. I have more skepticism. Uh, their special teams have been an abomination. I don't know that they're going to get them all of a sudden, get them in line here uh, in time. Not that Utah's, but Britton Covey's been good in a punt return, but their kicking has been surprisingly disappointing. Uh, they've, they've had some struggles there, obviously. And they basically opened up the competition, which I didn't anticipate. So, you know, in a game that's razor thin, that could end up being a difference, obviously. 
I saw Utah has like a 53% chance of winning. I don't know how they come up with these things, but that basically means nothing. I saw. <laughs> I totally uh, agree. I think this it is was, that football uh, percentage index thing. Yeah, I think, what was it, yeah. last week I was looking at stuff to watch, and I saw San Diego State had a 96% chance percent to win. Thought, what the heck, what am I going to watch that for? I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in watching a slaughter. I want competition, you know. So here you you can get – it's like I can understand 96. That means the team's overwhelmingly favored to win, right? And at one point I think their score was 31-7. I don't know what the final was. But when it gets it 53%, yeah. you know, not 51, not 50, but 53, how do you get that? How do you come to that point? That's basically meaningless, in terms of trying to predict a winner, fifty-three to forty-seven. There's just there's very little difference there. Uh, so why even have it? They're, neither team obviously is overwhelmingly favored, and that's good for the conference to put out what they hope is a good product between the two teams that are right now first and second place, and the Utes are a half game behind because they had their bye, and ASU hasn't had their bye. Obviously, they'll catch up with that here. I don't know when their bye is offhand. I'd have to look it up. But that's good for the conference, good for the division, because the conference takes a lot of hit. So what you want from a conference perspective is to have an opportunity to have a good close game and have it be competitive and somebody makes a play here or there, which I anticipated happen. And so I can't tell you who's going to make that play. I can't tell you what's going to be the difference. But I know as a fan who likes competition, that's got me intrigued. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But it's so there's pluses and minuses on both sides and trying to determine it uh, I just don't know. The thing that I would say, the one thing I would say is if the Devils have good success running the ball, that will bode extremely well for them to win. Conversely, if they can't, that would bode extremely well for Utah to win. The Devils, when they run the ball for 200 yards, are like 11-1 and one under Herm Edwards, and they're going to try to run it. They're going to try to run it and keep trying to run it. I mean, they're basically the only way they're going to give up running is if they're behind two to three scores and the clock is dictating, not necessarily the opponent, but the clock dictating and the margin of how much you trail by combined with the clock will determine if they throw the ball. Other than that, they're going to stick with it. And if they have success, then that bodes well for them. If they don't, then it bodes well for Utah. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're broadcasting live from Marley's Gourmet Sliders in Tibinogus Harley-Davidson, just west of I-15, the 1600 North exit. Breakfast is underway. They got a buy one, get one free offer going on their breakfast sliders here. We've got a $5 gift card to give to the next person who comes through the doors, get you a discount, get you $5 off. Just say you want the discount, and we will hook you up. And they'll be switching over to their lunch menu in a little more than an hour, and they'll have the sliders going. They'll have the Lexi. They'll have the, the killer. They'll have it. They'll have it all. DJ and PK broadcasting live. Marley's right now. They got the drive-up window if you're in a hurry, or you can pop inside. There's no line right now. Just had a Packer fan roll in, even as we speak. With the Braves, down go the Dodgers, right? He's already thinking NLCS. DJ and PK broadcasting live from Marley's. We'll be here till 10 a.m. They will be open until tonight 
at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.